Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the 24 autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you are in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, Recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. Connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. We are glad you've joined us. Well, it's good to meet you and good to talk with you. Yeah, it's great to meet you. I'll be interested to read this manuscript when it is published that you mentioned. Yes. And so I'll just say welcome to Jay. Thank you, Jay, for being a part of this podcast today. It's exciting to talk with you and learn more about how you supported your wife as a caregiver in her experience with HSCT. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. And I just want to say I listened to a few of your podcasts and you have just the greatest voice for doing a podcast. And I swear your voice can stop MS. So (laughs) you are too kind. You're too kind. Yeah. I appreciate your kindness, uh, indeed. So you supported your wife going through HSCT, and when was her stem cell transplant? It was March 18th, so we're coming up on a year and a couple months, and um, I supported her through that, but first she had to support me through the, I guess, traumatic experience of her going through her health issues. It, um, It all started with a text message she had lost eyesight in her left eye wow so that's where it all began and you know as you know and probably some of your listeners know optic neuritis is that's got to be like the number one symptom right or one of the number one flare-ups that actually force people to go to the doctor indeed and terrifying right terrifying at the same time and and here's the problem she had lost a contact a couple months prior and as a mother of three, a busy mother of three, she she didn't get into the doctor, you know, to get her eyesight rechecked for sure. new contacts. So her eyesight was getting progressively worse and she never knew it. And um, we're, we're pretty sure that she won't get that eyesight back now. And I, I can't remember if was, she lost 50% of it, but she has no peripheral vision at all. So, and I've tested that. I've tested that. I'll make faces at her when I'm sitting on her left side and she don't flinch. So yeah, she's, uh, she's not faking it. And and that's no laughing matter, but it's not. And maybe someday it will come back. I see where some people experience improvements up to the two year plus mark. So there's hope. There's hope indeed. So, So tell us more about how you came to find out about HSCT. Okay. So how it went is I just about had a nervous breakdown with all this stuff going on. And it took Amy, Amy started comforting me because I was having such a hard time. At first I didn't know it was MS. Then I kind of started self-diagnosing. 
I was certain it was MS. I came to terms with that until I found out what MS really was, and mm. it's a horrible thing. Mm. So she went to the real eye doctor who um, ordered the scans for the optic neuritis. You know, he, he diagnosed it as optic neuritis, but he wanted to see more, so he ordered an MRI. And that's that's when I just lost it. I could not wait on these scans. I called the imaging center, you know, several times a day for several days and they never called back and then finally i just hauled her to the er i hauled her right in there and i said she's my wife's having a stroke because i knew i'd get a scan one way or another because i could not wait any longer yeah so so what started that was you know um as i said i was having such a hard time with it amy started comforting me and that's a light bulb went off i'm like well i'm not the one sick she's comforting me so i need to either take action or go step out in front of a semi Get because it I, I could not, I could not handle it. And as soon as I made that conscious decision to take this thing over, that's, that's what, where I do get, I'm a project manager in construction. I like to get things done. You know, I don't like a boss or someone to answer to. I need to keep moving and making stuff happen. And that wasn't happening with her. So We'll fast forward. We sounds, had sounds like she's lucky to have you. Well, she probably wouldn't say that. Maybe every once in a while. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but so the ER doctor says it's it looks like MS. All right, I was relieved, and that's when I hit Amy. She started crying. It was hard on her. You know, she needed time to to let that soak well, in. Well, it it is such a hard thing to accept, especially it is. when you first get that word, and so. Kudos to you for having the space and understanding that she needed time to figure it out, right? Because your mind, you had already gotten there and started to make a plan, surely. And And, and that's right. And and I was was 20 steps ahead of her on that. And so I already kind of came to terms with it in my own crazy way. But she had not. I think she was kind of in denial, hoping it was something else. And it wasn't until they checked her in the hospital. They put her on a steroid drip you know, try to fix her eye. And I went on the war path because no neurologist would come see her. And it seemed like I was always either missing her or she didn't come yet. It was kind of a blur in there, but it was like the third day the neurologist finally came in. And as soon as she saw me, her eyes got big, right? So I had developed a reputation on the floor Everybody kind of knew who I was. There's a crazy husband. Caregiver. Yeah, and, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, all right, it's MS. Let's beat it. Let's attack it. What do we do? And she says, it's not MS. Oh, all right. So then I about lose it again. Wow. So I get mad that it's not MS, right? So, okay, MS, I know she's not going to die. I know they're not going to cut her head open. So, you know, that's where I was at. So now you're telling me it could be something worse. All right. So the further we get into this, I discovered this. She just kept dancing around my questions. And I didn't know it at the time, but that wasn't her job to diagnose Amy. Her job was just to make sure there was no emergency and to get her, get us out of there. Fascinating. That was that was her role. Mm. I didn't care. I didn't care for that. But that was in the end, that was her role. And she did a good job at it. As much as I despise the way it went down, right. that was her deal. So then we get home, and 
I got a card and we have three kids, right? So we've hid this the whole time that we think it's MS or any of that stuff. So we have an 11 year old, a nine year old and an eight year old. And when I, when I would go outside and cry, I'd go behind this bamboo bush of ours. So the kids never knew anything was wrong with me or anything was wrong with their mother. You kept so, the stress away from them. That's, that's right. If I could say anything, if I could say, yeah, if I could say anything, that was the one thing I did a good job of. And, you know, Amy never showed any emotion. So it worked great. I wanted to tell the kids something, you know, she went into the hospital. We just said, well, there's something wrong with your mom's eye. They're trying to fix it. <clears throat> so we had them guys bamboozled for the time being. And then the, the, the neurologist at the hospital, she gives me a card and she goes, all right, here's, here's a neurologist practice call here and set up an appointment. So I called there probably half a dozen times. Nobody called back. So at this point I thought it was MS and then I was told it, it was MS and I was told it was not MS. So that's so where I'm at. So confused. And I was not in a good place. And Amy finally got a hold of a neurologist and I think I'm not, I can't remember how she got that guy's information. So she goes into him and unfortunately I couldn't make it to that appointment. And he says, well, something, something along these lines is I'm the last guy you want to talk to about MS, but I'll get you on this medicine. And so this guy doesn't know if it's MS, but he's ready to prescribe medicine. Of course. And, and everything I knew about MS medication, it is strong potent stuff so right away that's all i'm like okay these guys really don't know what they're doing and i'm i'm a pretty self-confident guy and like i said i take charge and like to so have I'm a like, plan. Okay. yeah yeah these guys these guys really aren't impressing me that guy actually referred us to another neurologist and we go and see him and i went to that appointment and the guy was very very likable and he started doing tests um neurological tests like following a pen with the eyesight sure. and he he was testing her arm strength and she did a walk back and forth i guess it was a baseline test for her her gait and i'm like okay you know this guy does know what he's doing i'll buy into this guy he's all right and he says there's three important things diet exercise and dmts and i'm like okay what are dmts and why the heck hasn't he mentioned drugs right so then he tells me what DMTs are. Well, it's disease modifying therapy. All right. I have an old saying, don't bullshit a bullshitter. So why change the name of drugs to disease modifying therapy? Right, right. So when I hear disease modifying therapy, I think of a counselor, which I needed at the time. Sure. I think of a physical therapist. I think of an occupational therapist. So right then and there my guard went up i don't like this i don't like it one bit Good for but you. i continued this was amy's thing but i stood right by her side and we, we we went through it and then he told us about the different tiers of medication with tier one being the strongest and i says well that's the one we're doing right then he went into the all the uh was it the jc virus yes 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 yeah that you can die from he scared us with that and all this good stuff but he said the DMTs are the only thing that'll slow the progression of MS. And just the way he said it, I, uh, you know, I didn't buy it. 
slow the progression. That's the key, right? It is the only exactly. They, they are the only yep. thing that will slow it. But guess what? Yep. There's something better that will stop it. That's right. So <clears throat> we went out. It was almost like a date afterwards because we had a really, you know, he, he diagnosed her with CIS. And he said, but you just need to consider it MS. And so we left there and we went on a date because we had somebody watching the kids and it was a weird date night. You know, are we celebrating you have MS? I don't know what right. we're doing here, but it, we were both so relieved. And I think it was the first time in probably six months her and I had been emotionally in the same place and that's kind of happy and relieved but the whole time I was sitting there just re just going over everything that had happened up to that point and none of it I just I didn't like none of it I didn't trust any of it so I decided then and there to keep on looking because just something didn't fit right and I think it was a blog it was either a blog on Facebook where I discovered the HSCT and I think I did what everybody else does, start reaching out to these people. And when, when it starts out, one question turns into 10 questions. Indeed. 10 questions turns into 100 in a matter of, you know, a couple days. And this girl, she was from the Upper East Coast. She, she replies and she goes, well, how long has your wife had it? I'm like, well, she was diagnosed um, just a few months ago. And this gal just freaked out. She couldn't believe that we were considering HSCT so quickly. So I can tell you the timeline real quick. When we first found out Amy was losing eyesight, that was in May of 2017. And 262 days later is when she had, that's her zero day. Wow. Her stem so cell transplant. You all moved quick to HSCT. So we moved very, very fast. And, you know, people... People can't believe how fast we moved, but everything about it made sense because once you understand it, which is not, if I can understand something medical, it's not that complicated. The chemotherapy kills the MS, right. right? How hard is that? That's simple. And even a neurologist should be able to explain that, but they can't for some reason. Well, the problem is neurology is the wrong people to be in charge of MS. The hematologists are the ones. They should be, that should be their disease, Bingo. right? Right. And so the blood is attacking the nerves. Why is the nerve doctor in charge? The blood doctor should be figuring out what's wrong with the blood, right? I mean, this is common sense. Well, yeah. Why, why is the blood carrying the negative messaging of autoimmune disease? Yeah. So who, who is stopping MS right now? Dr. Burt, Dr. Ruiz. In Mexico, the the fella in Russia, you may know this answer, but I'm pretty sure I read he was a hematologist. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. not positive. I want to say Dr. Bird is an immunologist focusing yeah, on uh, immune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hematologist, they fall under that same umbrella, immunologist. So, but it's it's a far cry from neurology, that's for sure. So, number one, that's the reason why it's taken so long because the neurologists are holding this back. And they're not telling their patients about it. Now, I listened to your interview with Kevin earlier, so he got me all fired up. 
I like that guy. Him and I are on the same page. Him and I can dress up like Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and probably storm the National MS Society office if we got together. There you go. I had suggested, I don't think it was part of the interview, but I suggested that we build a team during an MS walk and we all wear shirts that say HSCT halted my MS. Yep. Ask us about it. You know, something uh, as simple as that. And that's what it's going to take. It is. It is. So... You know, I told you I'm working on this book. I have a couple publishers that have shown interest, and, and I'm, I'm kind of getting in a hurry. So I, I may end up self-publishing it. But, you know, this is something I've been working on. I actually started writing this more kind of a journal when this whole thing started because, you know, so much bizarre stuff was happening. I'm like, this is a story here, well, you know. Yeah, because you know what? You're not alone. Right, right. And, you know, like 10 years ago, would you ever dream that you would prefer or trust medical advice from people on Facebook than your own doctor? Never, never in a million years. And, and you know, right now, I do. Right, right. I do. I'll, I'll take somebody's advice over Facebook nine times out of ten over one of these doctors. And, you know, there's websites that publish what these guys are making, uh, pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, we all know what's going on. They're making money off the pharmaceutical companies, and that's why they're not pushing for it. Right. You know, how hard, how hard is it? You know, like, I was really upset with Amy's neurologist once, once I found out about HSCT and found out about the success rates and how well these people were doing with it. I got really, really angry at her doctor on why he didn't say something about it. And, you know... Amy's in nuclear medicine. She defended the healthcare industry. You know, she, she said, you don't know the laws. He may not have been able to tell us. Well, the further I got into this, you know, then I found out about the Chicago, the Dr. Burt study. And I mean, that's an American study. He could have told us about that. Where, where are you located? I didn't even, we didn't find Gainesville, out. Florida. Yep, okay. Florida. Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, so yep. Chicago is not in your backyard, but believe it or not, so many people living in Chicago never even heard about the study either. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And these neurologists just will not tell their people about it. And, I, and I'm really proactive. So what I did is I sent all this stuff to her doctor. I mean, here's what happens. If I get your phone number or email address and I take a shine to you, I'm going to hammer you. <laughs> one way or another, either with friendship, chit-chatting, or studies on MS. I'm coming at you. So her, her poor doctor is just getting flooded from stuff from me. And you know what? He was really cool. He he answered just about every single one of my emails. The only one he didn't was when her insurance company denied the tier one medicine. See, that was another thing I didn't get into is... You know, she started on the medication because I was all for the HSCT. Then she, remember what I said? I jump into things early and I'm 10 miles ahead of you. Sure. Well, she was, she was still way behind me. She needed to study it on her own. And bless her heart, I pushed her. I got angry with her. I want her to do it right now because, you know, that, that MS scares you. You, you kind of, when you don't know about it, you think that next flare up, could put you in a wheelchair Absolutely. or what, what if, what if it makes your other eye blind? So I had all the worst things you can think of. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm always worst case. So 
if we don't get you to HSCT right now and get this done, you could be in a wheelchair in a month or two. You know, that's how spooked I had myself. But, you know, I'm glad she blocked me out and she, she researched it quietly on her own. And she asked a neurologist and his, his responses were, the logistics are difficult. I'm like, okay, I, I know kids in college that are broke that go on spring break in Mexico, right? right? Figure it so out. Ex- explain the logistics problem. I don't, I don't understand that. I can buy a ticket online and fly there, probably fly there tomorrow if I wanted to. So I cross that off the list. I don't buy that. And the other thing was we don't know much about it. Okay. Well, if my kid came home from school with an F on a history test, I said, what happened? He says, well, I didn't know much about it. You know, who am I going to blame? Right. Right. So the neurologist doesn't know much about, all right, should I put you across my knee and swat your butt? Why don't you know much about it? Number two, it's been around 20, 20 years, right? They've been doing this. At least. I I know a woman in California. She had this procedure done 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And she's fine. I talked to her on the phone here about a week ago. She's fine. Oh yeah, she needs Interview to be on your podcast yeah, yeah. because she she is great. She's great. So okay, we've got her. We've got we've got plenty of other people. I, I've seen them on Facebook. You have two that have had this done years ago, volunteering their bodies and their tests to the medical community to their doctors to study, and they're refusing. I volunteered Amy to Shans slash the University of Florida, her doctor. I said, all right, here we go. I told you she was doing it. She did it. Let's do our case study. I'm going right. to share. Everything is yours. We want to help. And we get a, he sent me a very polite response back, but it was like, thanks, but no thanks. All right. Mm. So when these guys are telling us no, the people that are trying to help, we're trying to help other people's MS. I want to help people not go through the crap I went through. and we get this thing to the point of if somebody's diagnosed, they know that it's right there. Hey, yes, it's bad. You have it, but HSCT, it's right there. You can do it. It is an option. And it'll stop your MS. Mm-hmm. That is an option. Right. So I'm guessing this, that this is why it was important for you to participate in the podcast. Get yeah. the word out, I, right? Yep. That's right. I get, you know, I'm passionate about it. Amy. I wrote this book, right? Amy is, but Amy is an introvert. Right. So she's the last person on earth to ever want her name ever mentioned in the book. So she's been a great sport. I'm lucky to have her. And I'm trying to here's here's my hold up on this book is I want to make the thing as perfect as I'm capable of doing it. So my routine, you know, the past year just about is I'm up sometimes at three in the morning, writing, rewriting, editing till six in the morning till I go, go to work or go to a run workout. And I've dedicated myself to this because I want, you know, I want the book to be good enough to where somebody that isn't involved with MS or anything like this can read this and say, okay, this is an entertaining read. And then boom, they learn something. And then they'll go tell this person and tell that person and tell that person. That's the end goal. Spreading the word any way you can. That's phenomenal dedication to 
your wife and to HSCT and all of us veterans and warriors trying to get this procedure to better our own futures. Yes. Thank you for spreading the word and for even dedicating your time to hopefully finishing this book sooner than later. Yeah, I'm going to. I've got some stuff I'm going to be sending towards the National MS Society because I think they're doing a total disservice to not only people with MS, but to their donors and to their volunteers, too. I think they've misrepresented what they're doing. They're, as far as I'm concerned, they represent the drug, drug companies and nothing more than that. It would um, be interesting to look more closely at their annual reports and compare yeah. it against their 990s and how their dollars are allocated and spent. Yeah, you know, if, if, that'd be great if one of your listeners was into that kind of thing. I think it'd be interesting. And maybe they I can think reach it'd be out. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So were there any tough decisions about your caregiving experience going through HSCT? It sounds like you were far ahead of your wife in terms of being on board and creating this plan. But, you know, what was tough about that for you and then just being there during the HSCT experience? All right. So Amy went to Mexico and I chose my mother to go with her. And Amy and my mom get along great. That was the number one thing. And the number two thing, I needed somebody there that, I mean, I, I, I beyond trusted. And I wanted somebody that would set it to me straight if something bad happened, mm. you know? So, you know, because there was always that what if, you know, what if some of these fraud neurologists are right and everybody does die that does it, you know, because that's what they tell their patients. Right. You could is, die. Yeah. You could die. No. So, you know, the, now, I, I mean, it, it's nonsense. But at the time, I was like, you know, what if they are right if. Now, what if she did die down there? I don't know if I can handle hearing it from anybody but my mother. So that worked out perfect. And Amy also was on the same page because our kids are very active. They do triathlons, chess. Um, my oldest is in a math club. They had a lot going on. Yeah. And, we, and, and, and we travel, right? So we had a race across the state that was a five-hour drive. And we just couldn't ask my mom because you know, she probably would have been the one to take care of the kids if I went to Mexico. So I played Mr. Mom. And I'm going to tell you what, it, it, that was a month of hell. I didn't do near good enough job as say Amy would have. I failed at making sure their homework. Done. I, I could go over about a hundred different fails. Well, I'd but, say you were under a lot of stress. Yeah, we survived. We, we survived. And you know, luckily, you know, you talk about the stress. One of my biggest fears was uh, I'm in a track club called Team Florida Track Club. And my biggest fear was I was not going to be able to keep doing that because I'd run Tuesday, Thursday morning and sometimes Saturdays if the kids didn't have something going on. And I found that was the biggest stress reliever on earth was getting out there and just running, training. And we have a coach. Yeah. Yeah, we have a coach. He pushes us hard. And, you know, these people, I went in there. I really didn't know anybody but one or two people. And, like, the whole, there's 100 people in there. They're, now, they're all my friends. So if I could say anything good came out of MS, it's that. We have a whole group of friends now that I don't think I ever would have had before. So um, Amy was in Mexico during this period, and she was the happiest 
I think I've ever seen her as far as she was just, she was ready to kick MS's butt. She went down there to beat MS and she did it. She, she prepared ahead of time too. We ate just super healthy and she exercised. So she, she not only was mentally ready for it, she was physically ready for it. And, you know, that made it a lot easier on me because I didn't have to worry because I, the whole time I'm like, she did everything she could to prepare for this journey. And, you know, once you do that, once you know, you've done everything you can do, you just feel good. Right. Well, yeah. And all you have left to do is show up. That's right. And that's how, I, that's how I felt about the whole thing. And she had pictures on Facebook. And if you didn't know why she was there, you would think she was on this lavish vacation. She had a private driver. They went to the fancy malls, the, the nicest restaurants. It was, I was kind of jealous I wasn't there with them. Yeah, I said, yeah. But, oh, yeah, you stay off-site, right? You stay in, in a specific apartment yep. building, and the doctors come to you. Yep, that's right. And, you know, the doctors, they pull out their card, and they handed her their personal cell phone numbers. All right? Where, where could you have that done in the United mm, States? I'm not sure. <laughs> she, um, Amy called me, and she said, you're not going to believe this down here. And I said, what do you mean? She said, this is your vision for what American healthcare should be. The doctors do not treat me like a number. And don't get me wrong. Amy's had some good doctors, but she's had some really bad doctors too. Yeah. The ones but, you get to know in about 10 minutes, barely, because that's right. they barely look up from their computer. Yep. Yep. So, you know, her telling me that I learned, she told me that right away. And once she told me that, it's like, okay, all I got to do is go through the motions the rest of this month. And before, you know, we were so busy. Sure. We had a hard, t- we had such a hard time just getting, getting, our, getting through the day, getting everything done. You know, there was that quiet time right at the end of the day where we all missed her. Of course. I remember the one day we were headed to soccer, I think it was and in Dakota. She goes, I forgot what mommy looks like. And, you know, she started, she, it was horrible. She's, you know, she was seven at the time. Oh yeah. My heart breaks for that. Oh, it it was bad. And I said, Hey, sweetie, don't worry. I said, you know, and I remember, I remember the story from my youth or an incident. I forgot what my grandma looked like for a period of time. Right. So I told her that and I handed her my phone with a picture of Amy. And then all of a sudden, you know, all three of them were in the back seat of my truck and they all got really quiet. And then I looked back and all three of them were just staring at a picture of their mom. So I'm going to remember that forever. That was a great moment. And, um, that, you know what, that was like the only, that was probably the hardest moment right there. Honestly, the rest of the time we were so busy, there was no down sad time, which was just absolutely great. The The whole experience was great. So how did you stay in touch with her when she was there? Or did you only stay in touch with your mom? And did you? Nope. I communicated with Amy. Um, I don't think there was one time where she didn't text me right back. I think there was more times she tried to get a hold of me and I couldn't get back to her because I was busy doing something. Sure. So as far as communication, there was no issue whatsoever. They have, uh, you know, the, where, where they're at, they're, they had better internet than we have at our house. So, I mean, you know, everything about, they say about Mexico, at least there, is wrong. The the apartment building they stayed in, Amy and I have lived in some nice places, but nothing that nice. 
So if anybody has any holdups about Mexico, shoot me a message um, through my blog, hsct.blog, or um, get a hold of Zen Jen to get a hold of me because right, right. I will clarify any any issues you have with Mexico. Hesitation or reservation, that's gracious of you. Well, yeah, what was her experience like? You know, forgive me, I don't know the exact steps, but seemed like they did some a little bit of chemotherapy right out of the chute. And I forget the, the term, it was to like prep the body for the stem cell yeah, harvest. Mobilization. There you go. So they did that. That was great. And then they gave her um, some medicine to make the stem cells, whatever the term is for that. Right. Multiply, yeah, I guess. And, and move out of the bone marrow into your bloodstream. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she was really nervous about that. She wasn't thinking she'd have enough because I think that's, isn't that like the, the big concern everybody has that Indeed. they're not going to have enough? Yeah. yeah. And she had more than enough. And I, I remember she was really excited. She posted that on Facebook. So that was, that was huge. That was, that lifted everybody's spirits. And then, I mean, it was just going through the course and then, you know, she, she lost hair from the chemotherapy and she would not send me pictures right away. And <clears throat> I beat her to the punch. I went and shaved my head before just because I knew she was probably going to lose her hair. Right. And I wanted to be twins with her and we were, we both looked like Mr. Clean. That's sweet. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So I'm curious to know what you have done to support yourself aside from joining this running club and staying as busy as possible and trying to stay ahead of everything. How do you support yourself as caregiver? I do a lot of writing, a lot of writing. You know, like I said, I'm trying to make this book about as good as it can get. And that's actually kind of became a hobby for me. I really enjoy it. So I do that and I try to stay out of Amy's hair and keep giving her space because she's a little bit different with this. She kind of treats this, this is really hard on her. And she kind of treats it as a closed book and she kind of wants to be done with it. Whereas I'm not even close to being done with it. You know, I, not enough people know about it. You got the MS society that's doing people wrong. You have neurologists that are doing people wrong. So I'm looking at that as an opportunity to help, and it feels really good because I have people reach out and tell me, hey, Jay, the way you explain this, I get it. I get it. And as a matter of fact, a kid from Canada, he told me, he said, after hearing your insights, I decided to do it. And he's actually, he was going to be down there in March, but he's, he's going to be in Puebla in September. And I know another woman that her and I emailed back and forth and I explained the procedure and she was kind of on the fence and I think she was kind of scared of Mexico. I'm not so sure if it was the procedure she was scared of or if it was the Mexico thing, but we went back and forth and she's down there right now as we speak. Awesome. Yep. So that's two people I made connections with and I tell you what, that feels good. That feels really good. You know, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe if I can do this, this, and this, some more people are going to hear about it. And these people that get help from you and your podcast and from some of the stuff I'm doing, maybe a couple of them people will reach out and do what we're doing. This, this here, it's going to be grassroots because none of us have enough money. 
to compete with the MS Society right. or or with the pharmaceutical companies, which is the MS Society. Right. So we're not going to beat them with advertising. We're just going to have to keep talking to each other. And right, right. Grassroots word of mouth. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. And I keep posting stuff. And I know another girl with MS. She's reached out to me a couple times and I'm beating myself up because I just don't feel like I'm explaining it correctly or something like I'm not getting through to her because it seems like she's really interested, but yet she's really scared because she called it, I think, drastic and dangerous. And it, you know, I don't know, you went through it. Would you call it drastic and dangerous? No, it certainly felt that way going into it because I didn't know enough once I was in it and well, steroids really help out too, but honestly, I'm halfway through it and I'm thinking I would do this over again, like next week if I had to, (laughs) this, I can do this. Anyone can do this. You show up with the right mindset and like you said, do everything in your power to prepare yourself. You ease the transition and it's just, it's not that it's easy. It's that you can avoid complications and difficulty in the procedure when you prepare yourself right, as best you can. And then you just, you show up and you try to be present and let things happen the way they need to happen. You let doctors do their job and the nurses do their job and you know, you get through it on the other side and yeah, absolutely. I would do it a hundred times if I had to. And, And you know what? Everybody I've talked to says the same thing. That's and that's why I that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Am I not doing a good enough job explaining that yeah, okay, yeah, this is a, a serious procedure, but you know, it's not as bad as what so and so said or so and so said. So I guess it's people that went through it. That's that's what it's gonna take. Right. Because mm-hmm. the neurologist their neurologists aren't gonna do it. MS society's not gonna do it. And hematologists are coming around. You know, I heard yeah. uh, there's a center starting up in Cincinnati. I believe they've treated one person. And it's kind of cost prohibitive right now for a lot of people. But it's an opportunity potentially for people with MS to have HSCT in Cincinnati. And then I believe a center is opening up in Boston. Uh, I know there's a center in Colorado doing clinical trials in Washington State. So maybe with enough grassroots um, talk and sharing the word and Dr. Burt's publication of his phase two trials results and findings just came out. So hopefully with that ownership of the research, you know, people at the FDA maybe would come around. I don't know. I don't know how long it'll be before MS, before this becomes a standard of care. I think it's going to be a long time. I really think it's going to be a long time myself, you know, because the the, the FDA is another group I have a serious beef with. They, you probably know about the stem cell therapy clinics, these fake clinics, right? Right. Yeah. So they pull fat or they pull stem cells out of your fat and they shove it in your elbow and they tell you you're fixed. Well, they're doing this for MS in other countries and might be doing it here. I don't know. But the FDA put out that letter here what last year saying they're raiding these clinics, they're shutting them down, they're fraudulent, they're snake oil. Well, the Washington Post caught that and they did a big article. I don't know if you saw it. 
they were right what they wrote about these stem cell, fake stem cell clinics, but they never clarified HSCT. Is legitimate, right? That's right. So I emailed them people, and of course, they didn't email me back, but that's what we're up against, too. The FDA is right for attacking and going after these guys, but they, they did such a disservice to people with MS because what, as soon as you hear the word MS, or I'm sorry, stem cell, that, you know, what are you going to think of it if you don't know? You're going to think of that poor woman that went blind. You're not going to think about the treatment in, in Chicago because nobody, right. knows, nobody knows about that. Right, and yeah. the hundreds of people that have been helped with HSCT. Yes. Yep, that's right. So I, it, it, it's so difficult. So you're going against that. You're going against Big Farm. You're going against MS Society. You're going against neurologists. And all you can do is try to convince one person at a time. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I have a blog. You know, I check the hits. I'll, I'll get a couple hits a day. That's not a big number. But what if it's that person over in England that just got diagnosed? And, you know, it's people from all over the world. Right. There's people in Norway looking at it. You know, what if it's that one person that was me, you know, a year ago, whatever it was, that's right. scared, out of, scared out of their mind? Yeah. You know, that's why I'm doing this. We're grateful. We're grateful for you and your efforts, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. So what could you offer as advice? based on your experience to help others who maybe um, just need to know more or are caring for someone who is looking okay. to go through yeah. HSCT. Okay, for starters, if you're at the very start of this, slow down, relax. If you're anything like me, slow down and relax. It's going to be okay. What I would do is hop on Facebook. That seems to be where the best collection of people that have gone through this are there's there's hundreds of i don't know about hundreds well there is hundreds there's hundreds of groups because there's people that have their own individual stories indeed yeah but what i would start with start with chicago if you're in the united states you know why not um i tried there for amy and thank god the woman i talked to she she told me the criteria and she said, if your wife does not meet that, do not bother applying. And, you know, and thank God she did that because she could have strung me along. She could have sent me the paperwork. Right. And we could have sat around for six months. And wasted So, time. you know, I really want to really thank them people at Northwestern for just being honest. But why not? Start there. And I don't know if the, the conditions of the trial requirements have changed, but it used to be your body had to fail two drugs and you had to have an active lesion. So I don't know if that's changed or not, but start there. And if that doesn't work, I here's why I looked at Mexico, and I only looked at Mexico is because, number one, it was only one time zone away. And that, that was like a psychological barrier. Sure. And that's just like going back home to South Dakota. That's one time zone away. So <clears throat> reach out to these groups. Each one of these groups will have administrators that have been through it. You know, George Goss is a big name, and Brooke Slick, there's another big name. And these people, I, I swear, they've seen every question and then some that you could ever dream of. Indeed. And 
you'll start out by, if you want the answers quick, instead of just posting the question, that's what I used to do. Go over on the search bar on the left and you can type in just a few of the words of, you know, whatever you're thinking and chances are somebody, somebody else has asked it. So, and I say that because I'm very impatient and I gotta have answers right right now. So, you know, if I, if I text message somebody and they don't reply back in five seconds, I'm pacing around the house. Right. So do yourself a favor, search for it yourself. The answer's there. If it's not, then ask one of the people, they're going to answer you. They're, they're on those things all the time. And if the administrator doesn't answer, Somebody else that's had the procedure will. Yeah, we like to yeah. take care of each other, right? That's right. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And, and you know, we're almost a year anniversary for her stem cell transplant. And it's like, you know what? This is okay. I've met some of the greatest people on earth. You know, they're giving. Where, where else are you going to see people care for a perfect stranger and try to help them? And you yeah, just don't it, see it. It is phenomenal, the uh, community of family that is yep. surrounding HSCT. That's right. Yep. And, you know, that's what keeps me going. I really have fun trying to help people. And um, I probably, I try to put a half hour to hour in a day. Not every day, but when I get after it and try to get on there and chit chat with people one way or another. If I see somebody with a question mm, that right. I think I'm qualified to answer, I'll jump in and try to answer it. Well, yeah. And then, then another piece of joining these groups on Facebook is the amount of resources available in documents or files that can oftentimes also answer questions, right? So the difference in protocols at the different locations or clinics around the world. Yep, that's right. And yeah, yeah. I didn't know any of that existed when that started until, just like you said, up there in Facebook, there's those options, and you can you can look through all the files, and you can find out. I mean, like my wife, she's into that medical stuff, you know, the specifics. So if you're into that, the information's there. You won't get that information, you know, from an American clinic. They won't, they won't post it out there like that. It seems like the Russian clinics and the Mexican clinics, they'll post that stuff even on their websites. Sure. So on my blog, hsct.blog, I do have links for quite a few of the groups. If people want, they can hop on there instead of, if they don't want to try to search for them themselves, the links are on there. And most of them, you have to ask for permission to join, but they'll, they'll accept you. Yeah, pretty much anyone curious about HSCT, as long as there's a valid reason, are usually welcome yep. into these groups. And um we, I know it's tough to find the time to make time to participate and answer questions and give that input and feedback, but it is an important part of being within those communities and contributing in even small ways to keeping the conversation going. Because you're right, American clinics won't necessarily publish the information or make it readily available, but you also can't walk into, say, your neurologist's office and get the kind of information and detail. Right. And personal stories and narratives about the experience with HSCT. You can't find it anywhere yep. else. Yeah, yeah, it's there and it's beyond, it's beyond helpful. And um, we're going to link people to your blog too because it sounds like it has a lot of resources to it. Yep, yeah. and you know, some of my posts, 
I, I kind of sharpen my teeth on some of them, you know, whenever I get frustrated on, you know, you just see setbacks caused by our own medical system that, that are withholding, you know, it's withholding information. And, um, and the big thing is, you know, be ready for your neurologist. They're going to tell you not to do it. Right. Right. All right. Okay. Hear them out. Listen to their reasons. And then think, just think, are any of these reasons legitimate? So logistics, that's not legitimate. We don't know much about it. That's not legitimate, right? The information's out there that it is. There's all sorts of people, and you'll find them right there on Facebook, that'll tell you, yes, this is legitimate. You know, there's people that were in wheelchairs. They had this transplant, and their body, you know, their bodies were able to heal, and now they can walk again. Or they needed hand crutches. They had the transplant. Their body was able to heal, and now they, they don't need a hand crutch anymore. So drugs have never done that. They'll, they'll slow the progression, but guess what? That progression is going to keep on going. Absolutely. It's going to keep on going. And your neurologist, they, they'll, they'll admit to that. They have to. You know, and it's hard. When you look at the doctor as the authority and they tell you not to do something, a lot of people believe that. Well, luckily, I was born with a problem with authority, so I guess it all worked <laughs> out in the end for us. So I'm, I'm sure Amy is glad that it did. Yeah, I, I kind of joked with her. I said, um, you know, she always says I'm a pain in the butt, which I am. And I kind of said, you know, it finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's very, very, very grateful. Yeah. So what are you grateful for? about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? Um, you know, to those people that went out and posted about their experience, and uh, I wish I could have kept in contact with the girl. You know, we, we talked back and forth. I don't know what happened. I tried to find her info again, and I couldn't. But, I mean, that girl there, she, she sealed the deal for me. Uh, she went through it. And she couldn't say enough good about it. And she said, don't walk to Mexico, run. Wow, yeah. And, you know, you and she wasn't the only person that said that exact statement. So you start hearing that time and time again. You, you, you start believing it. And, you know, I don't know if I got to thank Mark Zuckerberg for say, Facebook or what. <laughs> but if it wasn't, it, you know, if he, you, you got to love the guy and hate him for creating Facebook, oh, but yeah. I got a lot, I got a lot of them more than hate them. I'll say that. And if it wasn't for those groups and those people that, you know, they're investing their time and their lives into this stuff, we wouldn't have known about it. Not at all. Now me, I got people sick of me talking about it. So people, people that don't have MS are, are considering HSCT. It feels like that's all I talk about. And, you know, it feels good. It feels right. And I just, I just can't tell people enough that, you know, I'm not going to say you have to do it, but hey, you have got to know about this. That's that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Get smarter about it. At least get informed and know more. Yep. And like you said, listen to the reasons why not and even create a new list of your own reasons why not. Um, right, right. I was thinking about this earlier is, you know, when the neurologists tell you not to do it. So Another one of their reasons may be because of that phony stem cell. Oh, yeah. So what I'll do is I'm going to post that Dr. Burt study on my blog. And if people want to go on there and download it, print it off, 
And if you do go to your neurologist and they do dismiss it, you know, pull that study out. If you ever read that study, I mean, you'd look at drugs versus HSCT and say, this is, this is an absolute no brainer. Yeah. No brainer. Indeed. Yeah. Everybody with the drugs is progressing, but the people with HSCT are not, you know, I, I got to applaud Dr. Burt. I can't believe the pharmaceutical companies haven't had him killed yet. I hate to even think it right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing that more people are not talking about it. But yes, his latest study absolutely points to the fact that people on disease-modifying therapy get worse. They progress, continue to progress. And of the people in HSCT, five years out, three people experience progression. Right. I mean, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. And then what do the doctors do? Well, we'll just put you on a different drug. That, That particular one didn't work, but we'll do this one over here. And so that's their answer, you know, for for these guys that, that have another flare up and they go and they have more lesions. That's their answer. Well, that particular drug, your body's, they'll blame you. Your body's rejecting it or your body's not right. taking to that drug. Uh, it, it's hogwash, all of it. Certainly when the opportunity for HSCT is out there, it, it is, yep. it's hogwash. I like that. I haven't said that in a long time. I'm gonna start working. <laughs> I'm gonna start working that in my everyday conversations. Brilliant, brilliant. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing more about Amy and her journey, and your support and your mom's support of yes. her going through this. That's fantastic that your family rallied around to support her going yeah, through thank this. You. Yeah. Well, kudos yep. to you for keeping it all together and keeping the stress low while she was there in Mexico. Yep, thank you so much. And you know, there was one thing I didn't, I don't think I discussed was the one of the, her major symptoms that, I mean, immediately vanished. So the summer before we found out she had MS, we have a swimming pool and it's Florida and we're out in the heat all the time, right? And she could not be outside for probably longer than 10 minutes because of the heat intolerance, which is that like every, everybody with MS almost has that. It seems like I read, I read about a lot of people that have that. I don't know about everybody. So we'd be outside in the pool for 10 minutes and she, she'd say, I got to go inside. It's, it's too hot. Now, I, like I said, I try to keep in shape and whatnot, and I wear a Speedo around the pool for her, but she that wasn't enough to keep her outside, so that was a little joke. By the way. <laughs> anyway, she, um, I didn't want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it was just one of them things, like, what what's going on here? That was before we knew she had MS, but then after the treatment, she can sit outside in the sun for three and four hours, doesn't bother her a bit. That's fantastic. Yep. You don't have to move to Alaska or back to South no. Dakota. No, no, thank goodness. Well, it's good to know that she saw improvement of symptoms because most people do. It is a bonus. You know, the whole point of HSCT is to halt progression, just stop the disease from being inflammatory and any improvement in symptoms are considered a bonus. And so it's, yep, that's right. it's great she experienced that. Although it sounds like she... Went through HSCT relatively soon after diagnosis. Right. Yep. Which I would encourage oh, anybody yeah, that's the to way consider. To go. That's absolutely yep. the way to go. Yep. You know, just like we're doing with the grassroots conversation and building community and connection to resources and stories, maybe it'll inspire the people capable of creating 
these solutions yep. to help rebuild um, and restore and and to help us to heal and yep, better ways. That's right. Yeah, no, that's I like right. I like your thinking. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, some kid may be listening to this in med school and like you know what maybe maybe this is a path for me. So that'd be all right, wouldn't it? You never know. That's right. You never know. Well, thank you again for sharing all this possibility and connection to resources. We'll be sure to connect to your blog um, in our show notes. And yep. thank you for being you and being Absolutely. so determined to find answers for yourself and for your wife and for your family and helping to connect others in your broader community. Find more information about HSCT. I appreciate your continued dedication to that. It's something that is altruistic indeed from your perspective, seeing as how you went through it on the sideline. Um, yeah. It's not easy to sure. make time for it, right? And it would be easy for you to set it aside. I just appreciate you continuing to go after it. Well, and thank you for doing this podcast. And I'll I'll be shouting out when my book's published. It, the title is So They Say. Mm, I like it. Yeah. I yeah. can't so wait. So that's kind of, it's kind of like the neurologists say this, that, and the other, and it's a sarcastic response of so they say. I like it. I can't wait to read it. Definitely keep us posted. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Take care and enjoy a great rest of the day. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot, Jen. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes, and your ratings will help other people find the show. Tune in next Wednesday for a brand new episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.